Welcome to Oil and Gas Conversations. I'm your host, Adriel Kunle Hassan. As oil prices continue to fluctuate and the push for cleaner energy sources intensifies, the oil and gas industry is witnessing an increased number of employees looking to switch to other industries. Statistics show that nearly 81% of workers in the oil and gas industry would consider a job in another sector. One of the preferred destinations is the renewable energy industry. In this episode, we discuss why a successful oil and gas professional would make the switch. Hello, everyone. Welcome to this episode of Oil and Gas Conversation. I'm very excited about this episode today. I'm going to let my guest introduce himself. Hello, everybody. Uh, my name is Nonso Anyibo. I am an operational technology manager in the renewable energy industry, and I'm glad to be a part of this conversation. So Nonso, you know why you're here. Nonso previously worked in oil and gas, and he made a switch to renewables a few years ago. Is it up to two years ago? A little over two and a half years, yes. Yes, yes. So we wanted to get him to ask about career transition from oil and gas to renewables. So first, I want to ask him to take us through like what his career journey has been, his education, how he got into oil and gas, and the roles you held in the industry. Uh, for sure. So um, I studied electrical engineering at Rice University. I studied engineering like every Nigerian kid. Um, actually, funny enough, I actually was admitted to study geology, and, and unfortunately, during like the career fair, the geology department didn't really show up. Um, oh, wow. So then, and then I made that switch. So whenever you hear people talking about changing majors, it, it happens. Mm-hmm. Um, but yes, I studied electrical engineering. Um, Rice University was in Houston, Texas. Um, for those that don't know, that's like the energy capital of the U.S., um, if not the world. And so finding an oil and gas job in 2013 when oil was about, what, $120 a barrel, um, it was was kind of a no-brainer at the time. Completing my coursework, I interned with Schlumberger, and then by my senior year, like, you know, our career fair was mostly oil and gas companies, so it was a no-brainer at the time. Great. So you got your first oil and gas job, right? How long did you stay in the industry? What was your growth trajectory? What roles did you hold? Yeah. So, uh, so my first job with GE, I was an electrical instrumentation engineer. Um, I was in that role for about three and a half years. Um, I think one of the, the beauties of working for a conglomerate such as General Electric is you have the opportunity to switch roles, switch industries while within you know, the same company. Um, so after about three and a half years, I transitioned to the automation division. Um, and in that role, I was able to kind of grow my skill set in controls and automation, but also get some exposure in other use cases like the gas turbine and the general energy division, transportation, healthcare, and renewables as well. So that kind of gave me a glimpse um, into what the renewable energy industry looked like. I was in that role in the automation division for about two years. And then from there, I transitioned fully to the renewable energy industry. Okay, so what triggered the need for change? Um, stability and long-term outlook. I think everyone knows this. The oil and gas industry has always been very, very cyclic. It's like, you know, feast or famine. And, you know, usually everyone knows this by looking at the price of oil. You know, like mm-hmm. I said before, in 2013, right out of college, you know, oil was $120 a barrel. Unless you're really in the industry or you work in that industry, you don't really understand the implications of that. I think <laughs> your average consumer just sees like, oh, I go to like this gas station and, you know, gas is $4 or $3. Um, 
but there's a lot that happens or there's a lot tied to that price of oil um, in terms of just how the industry flows, how deals get done um, and you know, how people make money. So at the time it was $120 a barrel and you know, over my, my you know, career with, with GE, you know, it dropped to about 50. And yeah. again, on the flip side, you know, what does that mean for people working in the industry? You know, people are getting laid off, you know, contracts are getting canceled. And we're talking like, you know, you get a contract today within a month, it's canceled. Like yeah. everything works so fast, you know, for better or for worse. So just that cyclic nature, I, I experienced, you know, two um, downturns in my time. And wow. just looking back, there's a lot of uncertainty. There's a lot of anxiety, especially you being, you know, in a new hire or like, you know, one to five years experience. Um, and, you know, people tell you, don't worry about things beyond your control, but, you know, what do you do when you can't sleep at night because you don't know what's happening with your project? You don't know if your, your whole business is getting sold or getting, yeah. you know, dissolved. So, you know, that lack of stability in terms of how I can plan my, you know, my professional career um, caused a lot of uncertainty and I felt the need to look elsewhere, to look for an industry that was more stable um, and um, where I could, you know, provide more impact. Yeah, I completely understand. Uh, there's a running joke in my house. My uncle, every time I visit him, he asks me, do you still have a job? And he laughs, but it's like, <laughs> with oil and gas, it's, it's pretty much touch and go. And I completely yeah. understand that, um, the need for stability. I think that's a big thing. But before we go into your experience with moving um, to the renewables industry, Let's talk about what you liked about the oil and gas industry. What were the perks? You know, a, a lot of people talk about the perks in oil and gas. Give us a little glimpse. What did you like? I'm not going to lie. The money is good. <laughs> um, you know, if, if you're kind of like, you know, the mercenary type. I know, you know, you kind of look at the generational differences in the workforce. Um, some of the older generations are more like, you know, a one company, man or woman. Mm -hmm. I don't think that really resonates with you know millennials and gen z's for example so if you're the type of person where it's like okay i want to get paid i want to have all the perks the oil and gas industry you know they're always looking for the best talent you know whether it's the um the oems or the service providers or even the operators they always want to get the best talent so you know every two years every year and a half someone is reaching out to you saying hey we want to you know put you for this job it's a similar role but it pays better more perks you get to travel you know, again, when the market is good, you know, your bonus is outstanding. But yeah. I think it kind of goes back to my point. While these perks are very, very competitive, you know, in a six-month period, they could all go away. And now yeah. you're going from, you know, I have this fat bonus or I have this wonderful work-life, you know, balance to I don't know if I'm going to have a job this time next year. So yeah. while the perks were great, you know, they were temporary and transient at best yeah yeah and if you get used to a certain lifestyle that's what i always say about oil and gas people is that you get to a certain lifestyle with a certain amount of money and you just feel like you can't go anywhere else because Absolutely. who is going to pay you that much right Correct. and especially in oil and gas that you know the work you do most of the time is very um specific right you Correct. then you get kind of an expert at it. So it's not as hard as it should be. So imagine mm -hmm. being at that level, doing what you know, with little or no, like, you know, stressful or complex issues mm -hmm. popping up and they are making that amount of money. Why would I want to move, you know, to a, to a company that is going to stress me and not pay me as much? 
absolutely. Or even a company that, you know, and I think we'll get into this um, you know, deeper into the conversation, but make that transition to a company where you're pretty much a nobody, right? Mm. You're just starting off and you have to make a name for yourself. So again, you go, you, you work in the oil and gas industry, you, you, you know, you are that subject matter experts and with all the benefits that come with it, why would you want to make that transition out of your comfort zone and where you kind of have to build up that reputation again? So I completely understand why, you know, people will just decide to stay within the industry and, and fight their way through as opposed to leaving completely. Yeah. So now that you have made the transition, how is it compared to your old job? How is the renewable industry compared to the oil and gas industry? What do you like? What do you miss? So the renewable uh, industry is growing. Um, and I mean that both in a good and a bad way. Um, I think I'll, I'll, I'll start with the bad. Um, you know, it's it's not as established as the oil and gas industry. I, th- I think one good thing about the oil and gas industry, especially coming straight from college, was that you knew all the rules, you knew all the guiding principles, like when, you, especially in engineering, when you're talking about like design philosophies and design change, you always had, you know, some rule, some, you know, uh, technical regulation to tie to those, you know, designs or those policies. So, you know, the rule book was set. Um, I think in renewables, we're still trying to figure that out, you know, whether it's from a safety standpoint, from a cybersecurity standpoint, uh, from a quality standpoint. So sometimes you go into meetings and like, you realize that like, okay, 80% of people in this room don't actually know how to figure this out. <laughs> and you, you know, you kind of have to be that person and say, okay, people, we don't know, but then mm-hmm. let's figure it out. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, so, the, you know, the, the rules are not as established as oil and gas, but I think, you know, depending on how you look at life, that's an opportunity. Yeah. Um, and that's how I took it because, okay, this is an opportunity to, to make an impact, you know, to help strategize, to help create these policies, even at a very, very low level. And so, you know, that's when I say, you know, it's growing. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, uh, again, the industry is growing. Uh, it's growing very, very, very quickly, um, especially like in the U.S. I think the current administration is in full support of, of the growth of the renewable energy, energy industry. So it's very, very fast paced. And um, I'm happy to be a part of that. I'm happy to be part of the growth process. How do you feel coming from a more um, stable industry? Like what you just pointed out is like the structure to a place where you need to now figure it out. How, how was that transition? So the, again, it's so like the engineering side of me was like, okay, this is a challenge. This is an opportunity. You know, if you're the go-getter type, you want to be a part of that. You want to take up that challenge. But I think also the structured side of me kind of walked in like my first six months in the company. I was like, what are you guys doing? <laughs> like, like like, how are you, like, a director of this and you don't really have the answers or you can't even guide people into the answers? Yeah. So it was it was definitely a culture shock for me starting off. Um, mm-hmm. But you kind of have to just, you know, accept that and take that in. And, you know, I think something that helped me a lot was talking to people. Um, I was fortunate enough to have, you know, some connections in the renewable energy industry who were also in a similar position. Mm-hmm. And I'd ask them, I was like, hey, do you guys have this figured out? Like, how do you approach this? Like, what are your strategies around this? And you quickly learn that, like, you know, everyone is still trying to figure it out. And yeah. you kind of find solace in the fact that, okay, we're all in this together. And, you know, you, you take up that challenge. So that's the bad. What's the good? The good, again, as a go-getter, you get things done. You make a name for yourself. You rise through the company. And, you know, it's clear how you can grow and how you can elevate yourself from a professional standpoint. 
Mm, I love that you said that. One of the things that oil and gas professionals struggle with, especially in um, places like in Africa, right? Everybody says that one of their issues with the industry is growth opportunities, right? Was that for you one of the reasons for your move? Because now you just mentioned that there's room for growth because, hey, if you're figuring things out faster than other people, you'll be somebody to be looked up to, to drive projects, to do things, right? Absolutely. Um, let's call it speedy speed. I think oil and gas is a good old boys club. Um, and I, I definitely saw some frustrations with that. And it wasn't so much, it wasn't a prime, you know, uh, motivator for, for leaving the industry, but it was always something that you had to navigate. But yeah, you, you, you saw that in oil and gas where it's like, you know, you had to do your time or, you know, you're not mm-hmm. there yet or, you know, back in my day or, you know, this is how... Yeah. This is how it's always been versus how it's supposed to be. So I, I definitely um, experienced a lot of frustrations with that. Um, but on the good side, again, with, with, with renewables, it's or in this industry, I think, I think it's more so a growing industry, but I think also the, the leadership and HR, they're trying very hard to create a culture in the industry that doesn't repeat what oil and gas does. Mm. Um, we see those steps in basically trying to recalibrate people. Because again, we have people who come in from oil and gas. We have people who kind of, almost, you know, bringing that culture from the oil and gas industry. And I've seen, you know, some of our business leaders shut that down. You know, they say, okay, look, this is not about what you used to do. This is about what we can do to be better, to position ourselves better in this industry. So, yeah. um, you know, that's def- that was definitely a challenge in oil and gas. Um, and I think I, at least my, my company um, specifically is taking necessary strides to prevent that. In your opinion, do you think renewable companies are enthusiastic about getting former oil and gas employees? Because basically what you said, right, there's a whole lot of this is the way things are done. And with the new industry that is growing, I would expect that their main focus would be like, see, we've seen what you people have done in energy before. We're going to take the good parts and we're going to leave the bad parts. And, you know, when you get people that are very set in their ways, like I think oil and gas people are, sometimes right especially the older people do you think like renewable companies would be enthusiastic to have them so i think you've almost like answered your own question <laughs> um i think the question is what do you bring to the table right mm-hmm. um if you bring you know core competencies you bring you know experience transferable experience um that will provide value to the company absolutely renewable energy companies in fact they do hire a lot of you know oil and gas employees but I think during your interview process, you have to show that, you know, the value I bring is not just because I was in the oil and gas industry, it was because, you know, in my role, I analyzed my role and what was expected out of me. And I, you know, gained, you know, that experience, those core competencies that makes me valuable, right? And, you know, you have to show that. If you're the person that's going to come back and say, okay, from my previous experience, this is what we should do. No, they're not going yeah. to hire you. So, yeah, so, you know, the short answer is yes, they will be enthusiastic about, you know, hiring former oil and gas employees as, as long as you show how you can bring value to the renewable industry. Yeah, I think I even read that some companies in the U.S. are moving their headquarters from places like California to Houston to recruit more um, oil and gas veterans. Absolutely. And again, you know, Houston used to be the oil and gas capital. I think it's, it's, it's slowly but surely transitioning to the energy capital. Um, a lot of our fellow, you know, uh, renewable energy operators are now headquartered in Houston. So um, I think that's that's probably part of the strategy in terms of bringing 
you know, that skill set from the oil and gas industry. Okay, so going back to your experience, um, when you decided that you wanted to make a change, why did you choose a renewables company as opposed to another oil and gas company? I think at the time, um, again, looking for that stability, long-term outlook, um, a lot of the oil and gas companies didn't look like they were going to you know, reposition themselves. Um, adapting to the current climate, you know, mm-hmm. in terms of, you know, the supply of, of oil and gas, you know, they all looked like it was just going to be, you know, same story, different company. And don't get me wrong, I, I you know, I did. I, I interviewed with oil and gas companies, but the story seemed the same. Um, mm-hmm. it, it, you know, it just seemed like, you know, we're just going to sit around and wait for the, the, the industry to bounce back and we're just going to keep doing the same thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's why, you know, there was that hesitation to just go look for another company. Um, but today, you know, I will say that, you know, the sentiment is different because you're mm-hmm. starting to see a lot of the oil and gas companies are adapting. Yeah. Um, you know, Shell and Total now are energy companies, not mm-hmm. oil and gas companies. They have new energies divisions. Exactly. Um, yeah. You know, Baker Hughes is an energy technology company. You know, NOV, for example, they are jack-up rigs that they use for offshore drilling. They are now repurposing them as service barges for offshore wind farms. So these are the things that I was looking for at the time. Uh, um, they just, you know, again, timing is everything. Um, yeah. So, you know, I wouldn't say, hey, I would never go back to an oil and gas company. Then again, 50 years from now, they might not be an oil and gas company. They'll just all be energy companies. So, yeah. Your job um, search process um, and, and the renewable companies that you probably interviewed for, um, mm-hmm. what was your experience like? And like, what type of roles were you aiming for? What stood out to you in the process? Because one thing we know about, like, especially with an experienced hire, right? They always ask you for years and years of experience. And with renewables, and I think we had this conversation before, I was like, they can't really ask for, like, years of experience. Like, maybe, like, things like in strategy or project management. But you can't ask me for years of experience because, hey, your, your industry just started now, no? <laughs> that's, that's, that's actually very <laughs> true. Um, so... I guess in terms of the transition, I think people usually transition for one of three reasons. Um, you're transitioning your industry, um, you're transitioning your role, you know, either you know you want to move from like engineering to sales, or engineering to product management, things like that, or you're transitioning um, in location, um, you know, that you want to change countries or change states and things like that. Um, the primary goal for me was transition of industry, obviously, and um, I guess a transition in both industry and function is quite difficult because again people start saying okay do you have x number of years of experience in this that and you know whatever so it's 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 kind of difficult to do both at the same time um in terms of the roles i was looking at so obviously the primary focus was okay renewable energy companies um ideally it's the shift for me would have been a transition to renewable energy company and into like product management okay um, but again, you know, that's quite difficult. So, you know, I, I focused on, you know, more engineering type roles, but with, with renewable energy. And again, when they ask you for, for you know, your kind of experience, um, you know, I think be, be honest, but be bold in your answers, right? You know, mm-hmm. show that I understand, again, these, these tools or these, you know, again, I say core competencies, um, and you explain how or why you think they are transferable to the industry. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, if you are in 
you know, project management, if you're in data science and analytics. If you're able to explain and if you're able to articulate that, I think, you know, you'd be able to prove your point in, you know, in interviews. Um, and a lot of times, you know, resumes are, a lot of them are templates, right? I know people who've, who are, you know, trying to transition as well and they say, hey, they want, um, you know, five years of experience servicing turbines. Mm. And, you know, you ask people, it's like, okay, you know, what's in a turbine? And these are mechanical engineers. These are mechanical engineers that worked in oil and gas. And I was like, look, at the end of the day, a turbine is rotating equipment, right? If you did this in, in oil and gas, it's transferable. And you that's can what figure you it out. Exactly. So that's what you have to articulate in your, in your interview. And I think it will take you a long way. Just like going off on that, I know a lot of, especially technical oil and gas people, they feel like they are locked in. So when you talk about the geologists, the petroleum engineers, what do you say to them, you know, about transitioning out of the industry? Because I'm sure there are a lot of transferable skills, like you've mentioned, but, you know, for the people who feel like they're not general enough. Uh, I think the first thing I'll tell them is, well, it's it's tough, Um, Mm -hmm. especially, you know, petroleum engineers. Um, It's tough, but it's not impossible. Um, I think you have to kind of look inward and ask yourself, okay, what is what is required or what is expected from, from the industry and go build on that skill set, right? I know petroleum engineers, you know, five years of experience, all they did was petroleum engineering and they're like, okay, I have to leave. They went into programming, mm-hmm. right? They went into data science and analytics mm-hmm. um, and then, you know, they landed a data science role within a renewable energy company. So mm-hmm. you, you kind of have to go and do that homework in building up your skill sets or building up those general skill sets um, that then make you valuable to renewable energy companies. Or you go get an MBA. Um, True. That's, that's always that's, a way out and in. <laughs> that's, yes, that's definitely always a way out and in. So, you know, again, depending on your role, you know, it's some. It's maybe more difficult. It may be more of an easy transition. But I think regardless, you have to, you know, do your research. Um, yeah. Do your research, figure out what is valuable in the industry, figure out what you can transition to in terms of developing skill sets. Ask questions. You know, mm. if you meet people, you know, I guess this is this is where your podcast can be very, very valuable to people in terms of, you know, asking questions and using your network to figure out, okay, what else, what is out there and what's needed out there. Let's be honest, like the rewarding things are, are hard to do because Correct. You know, if you're a geologist, there's always a hesitation. If you now apply for a data science role, for example, Mm -hmm. even though you have tried to get the skill set, if all they just see is geology seven years, do you even get your foot in the door to even explain to them how the data science comes in? I would think it would be a little bit hard. I'm not a geologist, so I can't really um, speak to all the necessary experience you get in a geologist role. But again, it's, it's... some transitions are more difficult than others, but yeah. it's not it's not impossible, right? I have a friend who he was a geologist. He transitioned into sales. You know, maybe he'll listen to this podcast one day and he'll know I'm talking about him. He <laughs> was a geologist with Halliburton. Okay. Um, you know, he was he was well paid, he loved his job, but again, he also sensed, okay, this is not um stable long term. Um yeah. during that period he transitioned to a sales account manager role while in Halliburton within the company. Um, and so he did that for a couple of years, and now he's he's an account manager at Google. Love it. Again, it's difficult. It's not impossible. You kind of have to plan um, your strategy, and sometimes it can be a year, sometimes it's two years. And I think yeah. during that, you know, 
that research process or, or drafting your idea map, you have to come to terms with the fact that that transition will not be immediate. Yeah, I completely agree with you because that's always what I see. So when I started out, I was in a slightly technical role. I was an EHSSQ analyst, but it was a way to get in the door. And I knew I wanted to do more business oriented things. And then I went into strategy. So I think that would be the advice I give, right? When you have relationships in the company that you work in, I would say it's better to transition within the company, even if you want to leave. So you have that at least title um, and some sort of experience to help your transition. You made a comment that I wanted to explore. You said that the former oil and gas dream was to work in one company and retire there. What do you think about that? Do you think that's still the, the current oil and gas people's dream? Was it my dream at the time? Maybe, but I think it was more so the company than the industry. Mm. Um, again, I think that sentiment shifts with, with generations. I think a lot of us now are more focused on, okay, you know, I want to work for the company that you know, gives me the right perks, that pays me well, obviously, that you know, affords me a decent work-life balance. Yeah. Um, and so these are the things that are more important to us, you know, as opposed to you know, just kind of like name brand of the company I work for. And then for other people, it's also, you know, impact, you know, um, you know, environmental awareness and consciousness. So I think the short answer is probably no. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I think the one, you know, the one company, you know, employee, I think that's slowly fading away. And again, you know, you may have that sentiment until you go see that downturn in the industry. You go see how people are laid off. You go see how that network that you've built is just basically dispersed. Um, So, yeah, I think that sentiment is slowly fading away. Yeah, and I think um, it's hard to have that sentiment when you have been through, like maybe you've just had seven or eight years in your career, you have been to two downturns. That's You need to be very optimistic to think that, you, you know, you are capable of doing this you know, for the rest of your life. I don't think most people now are trying to stay in one company because let's be honest, like the younger generations compared to um, our fathers, right? We're very impatient. Um, We like seeing things. We want it now, you know, and then these companies, it's more of pay your dues, you know, do those solid 10 years before you become a GM or do those 15 years. And then you're watching your friends in Google and Amazon, vice presidents, you know. You'll be hard pressed to find um, oil and gas employees or energy employees planning on staying in one company for their whole career. And I think even on the flip side, you will see those ones who want to hold on. I'll be the last man standing and that GM Correct. position will be mine with, with less competition. So we're seeing, you know, both sides of the coin, I guess. Yeah. You know, if, if, if that's your strategy, by all means, I've seen people who've, who've done exactly that, right? You know, everyone you know, is a mass exodus and they'll stick around and, you know, the company would keep you on and, and promote you, for, I guess, staying faithful to the company. Yeah. And, you know, like you said, you know, a lot of people now call, you know, our generation, you know, impatient, aggressive, or, you know, I just say, well, passionate, but that's just me. <laughs> uh, you know, and this, this question might sound very, very, you know, self-centered, but I think, again, this is, this is my career. This is your career. You know, you want to be a one company person. What's your company doing for you? Yeah. 
right? What's your company telling you that, oh, we want you to stay with us for, for, for mm -hmm. all of your career, right? Mm -hmm. And I'm not saying, you know, they should bless you with everything, but if they are not showing you a glimpse of that, then why, why put yourself through that stress of being a one company person? Mm. But don't you think oil and gas companies, well, I don't know now, obviously we cut, but don't you think they used to do that before? Let's not look at the financial aspect, but they put people through masters. Learning was a big thing in oil and gas. Like if you said you wanted to go on this training, as long as it would benefit the company, why not? Like, don't you think they used to do that? They did, yes. Short answer is yes, but I think a lot of that is not there anymore, right? Uh -huh. Whether it's because of COVID, whether it's because of the, the industry. I'll take myself, for example, you know, GE put me through my master's program, right? Uh -huh. And again, that was an indication at the time that they valued me as an employee and they wanted to be part of my growth plan. Much appreciated. I thank them, you know, for that. Two years ago, there, were a, there was a class that completed the program and told them, we don't have a role for you. Oh, wow. So again, all these things are changing and, you know, without getting too much into the financials, but, you know, way back then, a lot of these companies were not globalized or at least the business units were not globalized. So now a lot of the businesses are asking themselves, okay, why am I paying for this headcount that's eventually going to become so expensive mm. when I can outsource it to some global team? So, mm. you know, there, there's a lot of variables to it, um, mm. some of which I don't even know, but, you know, those perks, if you will, are definitely going away. So again... If your company is not showing some level of investment in you, mm -hmm. you know, you shouldn't be hell-bent on being a one-company person. Understood. I completely agree with you. Based on that, let's talk about compensation in the renewables company. Are they comparable to oil and gas? What are the perks? Give us an insight. They are competitive. Mm -hmm. um, are they as competitive as oil and gas? As what oil and gas used to be? Probably not. But again, would you rather follow a somewhat stable trend or would you, you know, follow the feast or famine mindset? So again, you're saying compared to oil and gas, compared to oil and gas today or compared to oil and gas when oil was $100 a barrel, mm, right? True. Because I, today they're they are probably calling people off to take wage cuts. You know, That's they're true. probably not giving bonuses. Yeah. So, you know, it, it you know, it depends on what you're using as your yardstick. A lot of people when they talk have this conversation, they'll say, Oh, okay, in the heyday of oil and gas. I was like, Okay, when was your last heyday of oil and gas? Mm -hmm. Right? When was when last was oil and gas like very, very profitable and a fun industry to be in? It's only the few unicorns who are still getting paid a lot. Um, so you know, it depends on what you know you want to use as your comparison. I think for me again, it, it's about something more stable. Um, yeah. you know. Right now in the, in the renewable industry, we're not really comparing to oil and gas salaries. We're not really comparing to tech salaries. Um, we're comparing against our other you know, competitors or our fellow operators, if you will. Yeah, I think the reason why I wanted to point this out, because obviously, you know, we focus on Africa and we still have a lot of people chasing that oil and gas dream. Um, and I think now it's not a really realistic dream anymore. Right. Because before, when you got out of college, you look for an oil and gas job and you know that you're going to be paid more than like any other industry, especially in Africa. Absolutely. Right. Absolutely. And and then you know that as long as you get your foot in the door, whatever you are, you're getting paid more than your counterparts in any other industry. But now I believe that 
that's no longer a realistic dream. If you are going into oil and gas in Africa, it makes sense because obviously we know that fossil fuels is is still, you know, the immediate future, but you need to be going for the right reasons and you need to be going with the knowledge that it's now comparable to every other industry, in my opinion. Yeah, maybe still a little bit paying more, but mm-hmm. it's comparable. So know the reason why you're going in there. And if Correct. you are already in the industry and you are saying that I'm going to stick it out, there's probably going to be a time where other industries will match you. So you need to make sure you are making these decisions based on information and based on future trends than Absolutely. what it used to be. Absolutely. Or what's people experienced? Absolutely. Um, yeah, in, in, in the conversation of, you know, oil and gas salaries today, and I can't necessarily speak, you know, for Africa. I'll just look at, you know, the US and the Europe markets. Manage your expectations. Yeah. That's just it. Manage your expectations. Um, ideally, I would love to see, you know, a very aggressive growth of the renewable energy industry in Africa because I think when, when we do see that, or if we do see that, um, you would start seeing very competitive um, you know, salaries and jobs in Africa. So, but again, all these, all these take time and, mm-hmm. um, you know, we would prefer a more stable growth process as opposed to, you know, kind of just jumping at it and then potentially being hurt by a downturn again. So yeah. I think one of the things that renewable energy industry is focusing on is a stable growth process as opposed yeah. to an accelerated growth. Yeah. So last question, as we wrap up, in your opinion, do you think transitioning to the renewable industry is a good move for oil and gas employees? And what would you say would be a good reason for making the switch? So I think the same question can be asked about transitioning, you know, from oil and gas to tech or oil and gas to consulting, plus minus a few reasons. I think a lot of people transition to renewable energy industry out of environmental or climate consciousness. Um, so that's, that's a big thing for a lot of people. You know, growth, again, like we've talked about all through this session, is, is a big thing. Impact, of course, you know, culture, exposure. So these five reasons, uh, majority of the reasons why um, people transition. Me personally, it was a good move. I by no means to have any regrets. I've, I'm enjoying the renewable energy industry, um, every single ounce of it. What I would tell oil and gas employees who are looking to transition is, you know, figure out what works for you. Figure out what your priority is, what you're looking for. And I think when you establish the fact that, you know, the oil and gas industry is not necessarily giving you that, you know, go look in the renewable energy industry. Go look at the companies that you're targeting and see if they, they you know, provide that value for you or they close that gap for you. You know, but the short answer is, in general, I think it's a good switch. Um, I think there is a strong long-term outlook. I think there's strong stability, there's strong global growth, and there's a whole lot of opportunities. So uh, for the most part, I will say yes. Yeah, I completely agree with you for those reasons. But what I would even add is that if you're really passionate about energy, just in general, and you want to you want to move out of oil and gas, right? Because obviously, like you said, stability. I think the renewables industry is a good place to go if you are really passionate about staying in the energy space. Um, mm-hmm. Or like you said, when you were transitioning, they weren't popping up, but now they are trying to be more um, three sixty companies. Um, so you can look into that, and I would say that for young people, if you want a challenge. Not that oil and gas is not very challenging, but I would say that it's still the people with 30 years experience that are running the show. And 
what I know about younger people, well, most younger people is like, we want more responsibility. We want to do more. We want to fail and we want to learn and we want to grow. And um, with some roles in oil and gas, there is less room for failure and learnings because everybody is more of a, we know how to do it. If you do it, you know, differently and you feel it, that's on you. As opposed to, I believe a renewable company, like they want new ideas. They want you to try, they want to grow. They want to be innovative. Um, So I would say it would be a good switch if people are a little bit angsty and they want a different experience. Absolutely. And and I guess I don't don't think I touched on on this a little bit. I think you made a very good point about new ideas and innovation. Uh, the renewable energy industry is very, very open to just new ideas, to innovations, using using the latest, you know, whether it's data analytics tools, software tools, optimization tools, in order to, you know, kind of approach your your assets better, how to optimize or manage your assets better. I think in oil and gas, you know, the reception, you know, during that wave of of, of digital technology and Internet of Things was very, very slow. Yeah. Um, and I think with the renewable energy industry, again. You know, using technology to do better. We're very, very, you know, welcoming of these ideas and just approaching problem solving differently. Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing your journey with us and for being on the podcast today. Absolutely. It's been my pleasure. Thank you so much, Adrian. Thank you for listening to this episode of Oil and Gas Conversations. Let us know your thoughts and the topics you would like us to talk about. As always, don't forget to share and subscribe.